do you have PMDD and you're in a relationship or are you in a relationship with someone who has PMDD? Then this interview that I'm about to do with Rose Alcatain is for you because Rose is going to share 10 ways to keep the peace during your luteal phase. She's also going to share what to do after a flip out and how not to break up with your partner every month. Yes. It's all about PMDD and relationships. All right. Let me talk to Rose. Here we go. Woo. <laughs> Welcome to the PMDD Healing Summit, where the world's top experts share hope, guidance, and next steps for your PMDD journey so you can find relief from those pesky symptoms. And today I am super, super excited to have the PMDD community famous Rose Alcatain here. And Rose is a PMDD relationship expert who has suffered from PMDD for over 15 years. So she knows what she's talking about. And she's currently a doctorate candidate specializing her research and publications on PMDD relationships. And we all know relationships is such a huge issue. And that's why, that's why she's here. Rose is the mother of a 12 year old daughter. And also she has a Shih Tzu puppy. <laughs> I'm, I was like, well, I should ask her about that. We might come to, come to the puppy later. She is also married to her partner who often provides insights on her in love with PMDD podcast where Rose shares her trauma transformation tools so juicy we're going to talk about that to help partners navigate their intimate relationships and stop breaking up every month like these monthly breakups i have been there i just talked with my partner about it he like nodded his head he remembers thank you so much rose for saying yes and for being here thank you so much for having me i'm so excited to be here <laughs> and i love it that your partner comes onto your podcast i have you know i've and I'm like, it's so brave. I know yeah. my guy would be like, no, no, thank you. But that he's willing to speak about his perspective. Thank you so much. So tell us a little bit about your journey with PMDD. So I have struggled, like you said, with PMDD for over 15 years. And my symptoms range from beginning with night sweats. That's always how I know that I'm waking up in PMDD because my clothes will literally be drenched and I'll have really bad anxiety, um, brain fog during the day, depression. I won't want to, I don't feel like getting up. Um, I have really bad mood swings, chronic fatigue, irritability, feeling stressed and overwhelmed, even doing the simplest things. Um, it'll feel like it's just too much for me all of a sudden. And I'll either get insomnia or hypersomnia. So I either can't sleep and I'm just up the whole time, or I'll sleep for like 12 to 15 hours at a time. Um, muscle aches and pains, bloating, weight gain, like all of the things. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. That's a plethora of symptoms right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I, I always love it when people share their symptoms because we're all kind of, you know, different and unique. So it's really, it's really nice to hear what's going on and that you say your night sweats are kind of yeah. what, what let you know that it's, something's going on. Yeah, absolutely. For me, it's when my boobies start growing, small <laughs> boobies, when they start getting bigger and my guy starts looking at me in a funny way, I know, oh, I'm about to turn into that girl. It's coming. It's <laughs> 
<laughs> so you're focusing your your doctorate research on like PMDD and relationships. So what makes you, why are you so passionate about relationships and PMDD? Yeah. So when I found out I had PMDD and I, I listed off all of the symptoms that I had, I was able to find tools to kind of manage all of those symptoms. It's like, it's literally so many different things because they're so different. But one thing that I wasn't able to manage early on was my intimate relationships. So I spent years and years thinking that it was the other person. So this is why I identify with my clients so much, because when they come to me, they're telling me all of the things that their partner is doing. But I used to be the one that go, went from relationship to relationship and saying, oh, he's not the one, he's not the one. And I had a very traumatic childhood. So I have a lot of childhood trauma. And so I always said, like, a way for me to overcome that was to just create this family for myself. So it just made me so passionate about, okay, I didn't have the family that I needed growing up. So I want to create my own family. I'm going to get married. I'm going to have children and I'm going to, you know, rewrite the narrative. And so I put so much pressure on myself, like I have to get my relationship right. But with PMDD, it makes it so hard. And for me, not being in a relationship was not an option. Like giving up and just saying, I'm just going to be single for the rest of my life was not an option because it was so deeply rooted to overcoming that childhood trauma that it's like, no, I need to figure out a way to do this because I, even though I have PMDD, that doesn't cancel out me having an intimate relationship. So I went to the drawing board to try to create ways on how to do that. Ah, uh, that's so, so beautiful. So from your own kind of your own pain and your own yeah. journey, you found tools and ways. And that's why now you're helping other people to create awesome intimate relationships themselves. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the questions that I see a lot in forums and, and people asking is, how can I explain PMDD to my partner? And how can I make them understand what I'm going through? What's your take on that? So my take on this is so many PMDD partners want to understand the best way to support their partners. So I, I hear a lot of times where they say, I sent them an article and then the next month they did the same thing. Like, how come they're not fixed? You know, and it's like the resources that are currently available for them, they're not enough. It's not enough to send an article that says PMDD is a thing. And then, so now you should know how to treat me because I have PMDD. And it's not just about the knowledge of it. It's like, okay, now what do I do about it? You know, like you can't expect them to know, like we're still figuring out how to deal with PMDD. So how can we expect them to know how to manage it? If we don't, we barely know how to manage it on a month to month basis. Real talk right there. Thank you for that. Yes, that is so true because, you know, knowledge is sending them an article. I was, uh, I had read this thing like knowledge and action, that's power. So how do we put this knowledge into action? So when they come to you and they say, you know, my partner isn't supportive, he's not supporting me. What would you tell them? How can we help our partners to be more supportive of us? So I would tell you that the best way to get your PMDD partner to support you is to support them in the PMDD process. So a lot of times PMD, PMDD partners are not seemingly supportive during the PMDD phase because their emotional need for love, validation, attention, all of those things, it's not provided when we're in PMDD because we're so into our own symptoms and taking care of ourselves and just managing the day-to-day -day that we kind of neglect 
our partners a little bit and we expect them to understand and be like, hey, I'm in PMDD, so you shouldn't need love right now. You shouldn't need attention right now. You shouldn't need validation right now. And I remember my partner saying one month, he was like, I feel like I just have to go in a corner and sit there while you're in PMDD. And when he told me this, I wasn't in PMDD. So I was in that very loving phase. And that literally made me break down and cry because I felt so horrible. Like I'm causing him this pain, this person that I love so much and I'm neglecting them because I'm going through something. I didn't even think to even, I just thought like, hey, you don't have PMDD. You you should be able to toughen it up and just, just deal with yourself for these couple of weeks. But when they love you and they really care about you and they're so connected to you, which is what my partner had to remind me, you're not just going through PMDD. When you're going through all that pain, I can feel it because I'm connected to you. That's what an intimate relationship is into me. I'm into you. So when I see you in pain, I feel bad. And when I know that I can't just go to Walgreens and pick up a cure, pick up something that's going to make you feel better, like that makes them feel helpless. And they just feel like, oh my God. So they start acting not supportive when they get to the point where they feel helpless. Mm. And you start acting out of character because it's like, I've had months where my partner has mentioned, well, why don't you just, um, uh, I know you like donuts, why don't you eat a donut or why don't you get some rest? Like little things that he suggested. And I literally snapped and was like, that's not going to help. I'm in PMDD. Like, and so when you start to react to your partner so defensively, like they're the problem, like I don't have time to talk to you and explain to you what PMDD is while I'm in PMDD. Then they're kind of like, how can you expect them to be, be supportive? Because they're feeling like, I okay, well, I don't even know how to approach you right now. I don't know how to support you if you're not giving me the things that you want me to do. Like my partner is all about just tell me what to do. Like whenever they like, just give me the, give me the laundry list. Like if you tell them to go to the grocery store, just tell me what to get. I don't need you to explain all the things. Just give me the list of do's and don'ts. Like I had a client come to me and he was like, I just need a list of the do's and don'ts. I don't need to know the why behind it because I'm willing to do whatever it takes to support my partner. I just need to know what to do. And, and right now my partner can't tell me what she needs. Mm. And that's like, sometimes we can't because we don't even know. Right. That's so true. Yeah. Oh, thank you for bringing that up that yes, we have needs and we're in cr- crazy amounts of pain, you know, mental, mm-hmm. physical, all kinds of pain. <laughs> yeah. They also have needs. So thank you for bringing that up. So, you know, you were saying that your partner came to you and then you were not in your luteal. So it kind of broke you down and made you realize. So how, if I know in my PMDD, I am, you know, I'm that bitch and I'm mm-hmm. like her and I'm going to be that way. And that's going to happen when should I, how can I cultivate like this intimacy and love with them when maybe then I just can't, or like, is there a tool that you give people? What do you, what can we do? So one of the things that I do is this is very customized. So I've had a lot of people DM me and say, oh, how do I, how do I do this with intimacy with my partner? So I have to kind of get on a call and find out from both partners what their intimacy level is, because the way I feel closest to my partner is not the same way he feels closest to me. And so you basically have to have that understanding of what does your partner need? And you can do this on your own when you think about what are the times where your partner has reacted to you so lovingly? Like, what are the, was it something that you said? Was it something that you did? Was it when you were just spending quality time together? Like, when do they really feel closest to you? And when do you feel closest to them? 
And so I know a lot of times during PMDD, we don't get a lot of that closeness because we want to isolate ourselves. We want to seclude ourselves. We don't even like being touched half the time when we're in PMDD. A lot of my clients say it makes their skin crawl. And so when they say that out of frustration to their partner, their partner's like, oh my God, like I'm trying, that's what if, what if their, what if their love language and the way that they feel closest to you is being intimate and like physical touch. So to hear that from your partner, that the way that I feel love is to touch you and you don't want me to touch you, like that's very hurtful Mm -hmm. and harmful to the relationship. Because when you get out of PMDD, you're going to want to touch them and you're going to want to be loving on them. And they're just like, oh, now, now you want this. (laughs) I would say to, to just understand, find the ways that your partner feels loved by you. And even when you're in PMDD, find a way to do it a little bit. It's not going to be all out. It's not going to be full on, but just something. If you know that your partner feels loved by you doing acts of service, like if you, you doing something for them, let them know while you're in PMDD, just do little things for them so that they know that you still care. So that when they look at something, you still make them dinner. You know, it may take a lot out of you, but it'll be worth it when you're coming out of PMDD and you're not having to like clean up that mess of your partner feeling, you know, damaged and all of these things. And you're feeling guilty because now you're like, oh, I should have done this. And I should have done that while I was in PMDD. Or maybe I could have done it better because then that messes up your good days because you're thinking about all the guilt of the things that you should have done for your partner when you were not in PMDD. Uh, Thank you so much. So I'm hearing, so those are the the love languages, right? Where you're kind of mm-hmm. talking about like the acts yeah, of service. Absolutely. I know, I think I'm an acts of service person. <laughs> I like it when he does the dishes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. So yeah, so I guess y'all, I hope y'all are, because I'm taking notes. I hope y'all got your little <laughs> journals and your notebooks. Look up the love languages. And I know there's like a million tests out there that you can do. You do one for yourself. You have your partner do one. And then y'all absolutely. read to each other, right? What is absolutely. your love language? And- Maybe it is touch and you could give him like a shoulder rub or something. You know, you don't have to go, you know, get freaky in the all in. (laughs) Absolutely. Perfect. Thank you for sharing that, Rose. So Mm -hmm. good. So good. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I have to admit, anger is my thing, anger and rage. And I do, when you wrote, when I read about that, those monthly breakups, that's something I was really, really guilty of. Like I would break up every month and my guy would say to me, you know, once a month you hate me. I don't know what's going on. So how can we, how can we keep the peace and avoid these breakups during our luteal phases? So I actually did a whole, this was a common theme, which is like, I did it. So I did it. Every client that I've been to, no matter what symptom they've had, they've all said that they wanted to break up with their partner every single month. So I just want to put that out there that you're not the only one that regardless of the differences in our systems, like our symptoms, we all have that same thought process because you think about it's the fight or flight. It's your system wanting to remove yourself from the situation. And the fastest way I can get out of this situation is to just break up with my partner. So if my partner's triggering one of my symptoms, if I if they're causing a flare-up, then my first instinct is to get out of the relationship because you start to look at your partner as if they're the cause, they're the reason. So if I want to calm myself, if I want to have peace and PMDD, I'm going to need to break up with my partner in order to have that. That's what you're really looking for. So you're not looking for not being with your partner. You're looking for trying to have the peace and you feel like you can't do it while you still have a partner. 
So when I give you these ways, it's 10 ways. I'm going to go, I'm just going to list them off. I'm not going to go in depth. Um, yeah. And so this is available. If you DM me on Instagram at in love with PMDD, I will send you the PDF of this and it's all broken down. I give this for free to all of my clients because I feel like it's the quickest way to being like, okay, if I can manage my rage, my PMDD rage with my partner, I feel like I can navigate everything else. If I just could regulate myself, because when you're not regulated, it's hard to even do anything. You can't think straight. So the first thing is to um, number one is to calm yourself. So start to notice when you're in PMDD, when you feel that rage, you have to pause in that moment. So, so often we instinctively go straight into action. As soon as we feel our, you feel the rage and then you blurt something out, you know, and you're <laughs> So calm yourself. However you do it, um, I go, I give you techniques for that, but it could be counting to 10. It could be going to take a walk. I know for me, I just go outside. I, I don't, I've gone outside in the daytime. I've gone outside in the nighttime. I just feel like I need to take a walk because I feel like if I remove myself from that instinctive like reaction, then I can cause myself to not do as much damage. So a way to do that is to count to 10 before you speak. So when you feel the rage, hold it in. I know like it's like holding like a big giant ball, but like count to 10 before you speak. This gives you a moment to figure out how you can respond mindfully before you actually blurt out those harmful comments. And so listen to what your partner is saying. I know a lot of times in PMDD, we think that they don't know what they're talking. Like it's not rational in our mind that they should even be angry about the things that they're angry about or the things that we're talking about. Like it doesn't make sense to us. So just listen to what your partner is saying. You're gonna, you're gonna listen and hear and need that your partner has and that's the core of why they're why you guys are arguing in the first place yes. so like listen to what it is that they're really asking you for so taking the time out avoiding the silent treatment and the opposite of going with that range is just breaking down shutting down and saying nothing yeah. so then your partner is in that mode where they're trying to figure it out and you're just cutting them off you're like, I'm fine. Like, forget it. Don't even bother. I don't even want to talk to you like that. The silent treatment actually does more damage than blurting out the words, because when you're blurting it out, they feel like you're in it with them. When you give them the silent treatment and you withdraw, they feel like you're leaving them. You're abandoning them. You're neglecting them. You don't think the relationship is enough. You're just like, it's not worth it to me. Like in their mind, they're like, wow, this really isn't worth it to you. You really don't want to figure this out with me. And then they they retreat. And then when you come out of PMDD, it's hard to get them to stop being silent because they're shutting down the way you shut down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So focusing on the present, um, avoiding creating triangles, which is you're talking to a friend that's telling you break up with your partner or you're posting about it online with a big group of people that are trying to support you. And in their mind, they're thinking the same thing that they, they don't deserve you. They're not the right one. Break up with your partner. Yeah. Here's the thing to remember with that. You're the only one that loves your partner the way that you do. So whoever you talk to is going to tell you the best way they, they can do it in a good, from a good place and say, you know what, you just need to leave that person. They're not the one, but you love them. You want to be with them. You decided to be with them for a reason. So leaving them is not always the answer. And the last thing is forgiving your partner, just forgiving them, taking the time to be like, you know what, once PMDD is gone, going over all of the things that they said and did, giving them the opportunity to ask for forgiveness. And then you also apologizing to your partner and being like, you know what? I went too far. I've had to do this many times where I've looked back and been like, you know what? I, 
Like I, I, I validly was angry in the moment, but I shouldn't have said this or I shouldn't have done this. And I, I didn't think about your feelings enough. And when you, when you take accountability and take mm-hmm. responsibility for what you did, your partner is going to forgive you. They're not going to. So in your mind, you may think they're going to hold it over my head. They're going to condemn me. They're, no, they love you. They want to be back in that, that nice, intimate, loving place just as much as you do. So as soon as you apologize, they're going to be like, okay, like, let's go. Do, and then, and then connect physically, do something with them that you both enjoy, that you both love to get you back on track. Cause now you have to recalibrate both of you and get you back into that loving space. Yes. Thank you for, for sharing that also kind of that, that afterwards, and you're right, this apologizing and kind of also reflecting on maybe where you're coming from. That's so valuable. I am in my luteal phase and early, just before (laughs) we got on the call, I kind of snapped at my dude a little bit. And then I went back into the bathroom to do my hair. And as I was doing my hair, I'm like, oh, I just did that because I was nervous about blah, 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 blah. And then I went outside. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm just really nervous, you know? And I think it just made me little, and he's like, okay, yeah, that's cool, babes. You know, and I think think we think about it way more than they do. (laughs) Exactly. They just want to know that you're back. They just want to be like, okay, so we're good. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Oh, that's beautiful. Can you share a little bit? Because you were just talking about, you know, this forgiveness part and how we can like mend after the rage. Yeah. Yeah. it's, it, it might happen. And so, and then, you know, after the PMDD, when the bleeding starts, we're all like, oh, what did I do? What are mm-hmm. some ways or what do you, you tell your clients, you know, that we can mend that again, that we can come back into intimacy and community with our partner? The first thing is to don't expect your partners to completely be back out of it, to snap out of it because you're out of it. Oh. So sometimes you'll go to get into that place of being intimate again, and they'll still be in that hole of, of feeling hurt and feeling about however they feel. And you get frustrated and you try to force them to be back. And you're like, hello, like I'm, I'm giving you the love that you wanted. Like, why don't you want it now? Like you go to touch your hand and they're like, ah, no, it's fine. Like you have to be understanding of the places they're in and proceed with caution and just do little things. Sometimes it's a process and it's not like, I'm not saying days and days and days, but just think about the things that they were trying to ask you for when you were in PMDD. Listen to them. They're gonna give you clues on what it is that they really wanted. So uh, sometimes some months for me, with my partner, it's spending quality time. They really wanted to spend quality time with me. I really wanted to isolate. I didn't wanna do anything. I didn't wanna go anywhere. And they took it as I didn't wanna go anywhere with them. I didn't wanna do anything with them. And it's really not about them. It's just, I didn't feel right within myself. So I didn't wanna go out and try to force myself to do something and it ended up being like a horrible experience. So if that's what was happening that month that caused that reaction or that argument, go plan something, show the initiative and say, Hey, let's, let's go out on a date. It doesn't always have to be the other person. Like, Hey, let's go go, think of a place that you guys had a really good time. Go back there, recreate those memories and just say, Hey, if it was physical touch, you know, do that physical touch with them. Just slowly, you know, reach your arm over, go do something and let them know that you're back. Mm -hmm. Show them that you're back. It's a matter of showing them. It's not about telling them because you, I've done this before when I've said, Hey babe, I'm not in PMDD anymore. I'm not in PMD, like waiting for a reaction. <laughs> like, and like, yeah. And it's like, sometimes they need to see, they need to see and feel, you need to remind them of who you are, remind them of who they fell in love with. And they're going to soften up and they're going to be back right in it with you. 
like go do those those activities and and you'll see kind of like I know when I'm in PMDD, I, my shoulders go up a lot and it kind of just, you'll see them relax. You'll surely see them like laughing with you, playing with you, like doing all of those cutesy things. And then you're going to be like, okay, so now it's not just that I'm back, they're back too. Beautiful. Ah, beautiful. I think you're already saving relationships right now. Thank <laughs> you so much. And you, you touched on this a little bit, but I just wanted to ask about this because sometimes people think that their partner is the cause of their PMDD symptoms. Could you speak a little bit on that, how you feel about that? Yeah, so we, it's kind of like I talked about earlier, we need to remember that no matter how much our partner triggers us, they're not the cause of our PMDD. The reality is we had PMDD before our partner came along, right? So if you think back to it, you, you had the symptoms before. They may not have been as magnified, but you dealt with something. So, so often I know because we're looking for a cure that's not there, because we're looking for a cause, um, you can kind of zone in on your partner and say, you're the reason. Because, because the last time I had an emotional trigger reaction, you said this to me. So, so now all of my symptoms are all balled up and geared towards my partner. And I believe that if we think about what our PMDD partners are going through, we're going to, like, there's an 80% distinction, like a decline in the mental health of our PMDD partners. So if you think about what you're, you're a lot, like what, just them being with you, they have to go through a lot. So if they, they really want to be with you because they're still there and they're still trying. So we can't look at them and say, you're the reason for this and you're the reason for that because if they could stop doing some of the things, I guarantee you that they would. If you told your partner, the reason why I have these PMDD triggers and these symptoms is because you do this, this one thing, they would stop it. But if you think about it, you can't really tell them anything that they're specifically doing that's causing you to have PMDD every month. You're already in it. Your, your system is already not regulated. And then when you go to interact with them, then that's when the explosions come. So a lot of times uh, people on the, the PMDD boards or a lot of the forums that I'm on, they'll say, if you just, my PMDD symptoms are so much better now that I'm single. <laughs> They'll be like, you know what, I'm single now and I can manage my symptoms so much better. But what they forget is that they wanted to be in a relationship for a reason. So it's a give and take. Like, yes, you're agreeing to be single so that your symptoms are lessened because they don't go away. Yes. They're lessened. But what are you what are you giving away because of that? Like, what are you not providing yourself? What are you canceling out for the rest of your life? Because this is not a, from one, from this age to this age, you're going to have, like, this is sometimes when a lot of our, my clients find out they have PMDD, they're young. They're like 19, 20. So if you think about it and you say, okay, so the cure is to be single. You're telling them to never, never reproduce, never have children, never get married, never do all of these things. And you'll be fine. They're not going to be fine. Because that desire to have that loving connection, that's within all of us. Mm. As much as we try to bury it and say, oh, it, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter as much. It, it is, it does. And when you, you're at night and you're suffering and you're having these symptoms, you're going to want someone to be there to help you so you don't feel as alone um, in your symptoms and in your suffering. Mm. Mm. Yes. Thank you for going into that. It is so... So true. It's nice to have someone mm -hmm. who can 
eventually <laughs> be there by our side and be like your partner in crime with the PMDD and, and kind of know what's going to happen and know what's going on. It's I've been with my partner for 13 years. It's been a long journey, an arduous journey sometimes, a poor guy, but now he knows. He's like, okay, here we go. It's so winter is upon us almost. Yes. Um, yeah. I want to, I just love to talk about this because you mentioned it, we mentioned it in your bio and, and you do this work and you call it trauma transformational techniques. Mm-hmm. And that sounds so juicy and so good. Could you share what those are or could you share some of the techniques or just give us an insight on what that is, what kind of work you do? Yes. So my doctorate studies, when I first decided to get my doctorate, it was solely based on trauma. The, the title of my degree is a doctorate in counseling with a focus on traumatology. So I originally wanted to do my doctorate with childhood trauma because like I told you, that's what I had. So I felt the need to like, hey, I want to help these people with childhood trauma, which is something that actually came up a lot during my PMDD. It would be like certain times of the month, all this childhood trauma would come up. So in my mind, I thought, oh, if I study the childhood trauma, heal myself of the trauma, then I will thus be healing myself from PMDD. I thought they were all connected. And so when I wanted to do these trauma transformational techniques, it's basically of taking the actual symptom that you have and specializing it with PMDD research and saying, okay, I'm going to do research specifically on the symptoms that my clients are saying that they have. I'm going to combine it with the research that's already there for trauma because PMDD is a traumatic experience, but they're just not linked together. PMDD and trauma are not linked together in the DSM where you go. That's why when you go to the doctors, they always give you these, you have PTSD, you have bipolar disorder, you have all of these things because they're looking at the doctrine that's already there. And I'm like, how come you didn't mix the two together and see that there's a cause and effect to it? Like I have this trauma because of this specific PMDD symptom. Mm. So what I do is I take the symptom, combine it with the trauma technique, and then I give it to my client to practice for that next month and see, okay, if you implement this technique, then does it cancel out that PMDD symptom or even lessen it? And then they've come back and been like, you know what, this is lessened because of like the rage, for example, there's nothing in the doctrine that says, oh, um, if you look at the DSM, they don't talk about rage. You know, they talk about, they they use different terminology, but I know what it is because I felt it. Yeah. And so when I was going through my trauma studies, I'm like, okay, they, they have a technique in here. They just call it something different. Right. They, they provide you with tools for something, but it's called something different. So the doctors never find it because they're not using the right terminology to actually link them together. Amazing. I am so glad that you are like combining this and doing that. So do you, do you think, you know, as because you're of the field, do you think that there's more awareness starting to happen? Are, are doctors becoming more aware or is, are we still in the middle dark ages? I think it's not there yet, but I think we are. So um, actually, I think that because women, people with PMDD 
are going to the doctors and complaining more about the same symptoms, I'm hoping that there's some kind of spark to go back to the research because that is what doctors are supposed to do. They're supposed to take the intake from their clients, from their, their patients and saying, okay, I've looked into the research. This is not there. And the way that the new terminology comes is through what I'm doing, which is my dissertation. So once I do my dissertation and I publish it, it's now in the doctrine. So when that doctor looks it up, because what they do, they go into the medical system, they type it in, right? They type the combination of symptoms in, and then there's the system that says, ah, they have this. So right now, because it's not in the system, what's coming up is other disorders that they don't really have, which means you're taking medication for a disease or disorder that you don't really have. You're dealing with the side effects from these medications from a disorder that you don't really have. So it's kind of like this, this downward spiral. So I think that as we are being more aware of our symptoms and what it is, we're calling it out and saying, you're not crazy. You're not bipolar. You're not all of these other things. This is what you have. And then you go to the doctor and you tell the doctor, I have this, it's kind of propelling them to go back and do more research on how they can put those tools together and bring that awareness. So I think the more that we, what you're doing right now and, and propelling people to go forward and say, Hey, like go tell your doctor, this is what you have. And then it's going to force them to go back and provide you a solution. And then that's how they were. And this is happening all over the world, all over the world. We all have this. This is not like an American thing, a UK thing, an Australian thing. Like it doesn't matter what coast we're on. Like it's everywhere. It's true. It's true. It's it's global. <laughs> PMDD, we are global, y'all. Yes. <laughs> it's sad, but it's true. <laughs> Better or for worse. Yeah. I know, I know. Well, thank you for the work you do. And thank you for, you know, getting into that system. So when they start looking it up, that your dissertation will be there and they'll be like, oh, okay. So this is what's really going on. So I want to talk about, um, just like in the end here, I want to talk about your, your course, Partners, mm-hmm. PMDD Partners Path. Yes. And this is where you, you help like couples, right? And partners, PMDD partners to understand yes. their relationship and so they don't break up every month. <laughs> could you share about that program? Because that sounds juicy and awesome. Um, share a little bit about it. Yeah, so I wanted to create a one-stop shop from all of the the relationship information that you get, because I know that there are relationship courses out there. I actually did a couple of them when I was having really bad issues in my marriage. Um, I was like, you know what, I'm going to do a relationship course so that I can find out how to, you know, be better in my relationship. But it didn't necessarily, it worked. And now it did work when I was not in PMDD. Absolutely. I implemented the tools. They worked. We got better. But it almost created this downward spiral because we would be so high up from me doing all this work. And I'd be like, yay, we're awesome. And then when we went into PMDD, it went, it took us way further down. And I remember my partner saying, man, this is kind of worse because we were so happy. We were doing so good that when PMDD hit, it made, it's like a roller coaster. We went way down and you felt it more. And so I was like, you know what? I want to create a PMDD specialized course for PMDD partners. And I want to start with the basics. So I want to start with what is PMDD and how does it affect my partner? Not just how does it affect my life, but how does what I'm going through affect my partner? And it's going to be on both sides of the spectrum. So I'm going to have my partner in there to uh, to really relay, okay, how does it affect me? 
you know, like I, this is what you're going through, but how does it affect me? So I really believe that when people with PMDD see what their partner's going through, the level of compassion that they have increases because they're able to see the pain of their partner. Some of the behind the scenes, my partner's amazing for even being this vulnerable and, and going into how hard he suffers sometimes. And he's like, you know, this, this is horrible. And let me tell you why. And let me, and then when the, the person with PMDD sees it, they're like, man, that's not what I wanted to do to my partner. I don't want my partner to feel like that. So we're going to give that behind the scenes of what is it? How does it affect my partner? What is the reasoning behind why I want to break up with my PMDD partner every single month? Like, let's go into why specifically that option. You know what I mean? Why I think that I have to do that. Um, the shifts into PMDD, when you go from being in that really happy, loving place to bam, now you wake up in this other place, the do's and the don'ts, giving some parameters of like, do this, don't do this. Like, that's not good. Like, and this is based off of stuff that's actually happened, not just with me, but with my clients where they said, I did this and it didn't work because they're trying to fix it, you know? And they're like, I thought if I just gave them all of this, that that would work when they really just wanted you to pull back and give them space. Like, how about you, you know what I mean? So it's going to give like a, a listing do's and don'ts. And then what is my PMDD partner going through and what can I do about it? Not just understanding. That's why my practice is going to be specifically coaching, even though my degree is in counseling, because counseling is more getting a deeper understanding of what it is. Mm. But my coaching method is not only am I going to let you know what it is, I'm going to give you tools on what to do about it. Because when you're sitting in that place of just knowing it, it's almost even worse because you're like, man, now I know how bad this sucks, but I, I have nothing that I can do about it. So I don't even feel better, yeah. you know? And then the last thing is how can I have consistent months of PMDD without wanting to break up? Mm. Like, like if, if I could just have one way, like one thing, and you can give it to me and I can say, if I do these things that you're telling me, then I can go not one, not two, not three months, but I can rinse and repeat because all of the tools that I give you are, you can just go back to the drawing board and use them again. Oh. And it's not like it's a one-time thing. It's like, oh, this happens, for, this, this works for September, but not for October. Like whatever symptom you have, you can go in there and be like, okay, what do I need to do? And then you can say, okay, let me do this. And then that way you have consistent months and don't have to worry and have that anxiety about going into PMDD and wondering how much damage you're going to do to your partner. Are they finally going to leave the next month because they're finally going to be like, I can't do this anymore. You know, because it, it's re-traumatization. You go month and month and month. It's like you're poking, poking, poking. How much do you expect your partner to be able to deal with that? How much do you expect to be able to deal with that month after month? Yeah. Oh, that sounds so juicy, y'all. The link to check out PMDD Partners Path is going to be somewhere here below beside the video. Please <laughs> check that out because this sounds so juicy, so healing for both sides. So thank you so much. And we are at time. I know we're a little bit over time because it just, it was so good, Rose. Thank you so much for all that you shared. Is there anything that we spoke about that you want to mention that I didn't ask about? Um, the only thing, the last thing I want to say is that I want to give you confirmation that yes, you can have PMDD and an intimate relationship that makes you feel loved, supported, and understood on the days that you're in PMDD and the days that you're not. So I don't want you to think that the, your only option is to be single and to not have a partner because we all deserve 
to have that partner to go through this with us. We don't have to be alone in this. We are all in this together. We got this. Uh, thank you so much for those words of hope for our PMD yes. community. You got this. You deserve to be in a relationship. Oh, uh, thank you so much, Rose, for saying yes, for the work that you do, for all the you know work behind the scenes and your podcast and your dissertation that you're going to be working on. So thank you so much for also showing up so vulnerably and so just passionately for us PMDDsters in relationships <laughs> that we can thrive in relationships. Thank you so much, Rose. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for this healing summit. I'm so grateful and honored to be a part of it. And you putting this together, that is the compilation of work that you're doing is amazing. And it's going to help so many people. And hopefully this will live on to where they can look at it and listen to it again and again and again. And it can give them that hope that they need in those dark times when they're having those really hard moments for them to just know that there are people out there that care enough to come out of themselves when they're in PMDD and to serve others. That is the magical thing of what you're doing is that you're saying, I'm in my luteal phase, I'm feeling like this, but I'm still choosing to pour into our community. And that is so beautiful. So I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for seeing me. Thank you so much for those beautiful words. I'm going to go float away now. <laughs> float away. All right, y'all. I hope you wrote stuff down. If not, keep rewatching this video. Watch it again. Get in contact with Rose. Also DM her about those 10 ways to keep peace. Get in contact with her Instagram. Amazing account. Listen to her podcast. Super amazing. And check out her beautiful course. And yeah, get out of here, y'all, and have a great day. Bye. Hi, it's Charisma. If this expert interview inspired you or helped you in any way, please consider leaving a five-star review with your insights so other PMDD warriors like you can find these interviews and benefit from them too. You're awesome, and thank you so much for being a part of this community. And remember, relief is possible. Okay, bye.